A, B, C approach. A job, better job, career. TechBridge does a great job of this, of, of removing that fear barrier. So we want to be part of that solution of moving people from poverty to prosperity. If you could turn on a television and, and work a remote control, you can do a lot of the things that are necessary that'll get you tech savvy to take advantage of many of these career opportunities that are out there. Welcome to TechBridge Talks. On this week's episode, I talk with Keith Parker, the president and chief executive officer of the Goodwill of North Georgia. As one of the largest retail and nonprofit organizations in the Southeast, Goodwill of North Georgia spans a 45 county territory, operating 67 stores, 52 attended donation centers, and 13 career centers. Today on the show, we'll talk about career training, upward mobility, and how Goodwill helps people find and keep jobs. If you haven't already, please be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thanks for joining us today and let's get started with the show. Keith, welcome to the show. Glad to be here. How are you? Man, I'm doing fantastic. I'm excited to talk to you, man. I've always really admired Goodwill and I know Goodwill of North Georgia is a, a pretty big operation um, and really respect the work you do. Can kind of give us the flyover, like tell us about the operation, number of stores and all that kind of stuff. And maybe, you know, how did, how did you get to, to where, what you're doing today? It was interesting. I, I do a lot of public speaking to groups like Rotary Clubs and Chambers of Commerce and so forth. And I always start by asking how many people have either shopped in or donated to a Goodwill? And literally, what you're doing right now is what everyone does. They raise their hands. I, I, I think maybe out of the several thousand people I've been in front of over the last couple of years, uh, maybe two people have said they haven't donated to or shopped at a Goodwill. Yep. Uh, but that's almost universal. So everyone's, uh, they, our brand is very well known. The, you know, the smiling G is, is something that everybody looks at and recognizes. And so I'll tell them, we're the largest nonprofit in the state of Georgia by a number of employees. We have. 68 stores and 50 donation centers, meaning we're bigger than Target in the state of Georgia now. We passed them a couple of years ago. Um, and and I, so, so when I asked that question about how many have been there, everybody raised their hand. And I say, you know, 90% uh, of the population within North Georgia is within a 10-minute drive of a Goodwill store. So, so we, we, we saturate the market pretty well. Then I ask, so what do you think we do with the profits from those stores? And then I get these looks of, uh, we don't know. We know you're doing something good, but we don't know what it is. And, and so the mission part of what we do, which is to put people to work, that's our mission, to put people to work, is what's a lot less known. So we are now the number one nonprofit in Georgia in helping to connect people to jobs. We do more workforce development training. We do a whole host of, of getting particularly people with barriers prepared for work so they can go from a job to a better job and on to a career. And now we are ascending nationally with a number one goodwill. There's 158 goodwills around the country. We're number one in putting people to work. And we're now the number one nonprofit as well in helping African-Americans find jobs. Uh, and so we, we have found an, a tremendous amount of success in meeting people where they are, talking to them about where they want to be, and then developing a plan to get them there. So uh, it's been an incredible ride for me four years now in this role. And, and it's one of those jobs where I knew within a couple of months that if the board of directors came to me and said, hey, look, Keith, we're having a tough, uh, tough uh, fiscal year. We need you to do this thing, but we can't pay you for a couple of years. I'd do it. 
because the mission yeah. of what we do is so pure that uh, it, it just gives you a sense of pride in, in what you do every day. Man, I love that. And and I and you're right. You know, I have I have shopped at Goodwill, I've gotten some great I've got a shirt in my closet, one of my favorite shirts, got at Goodwill, one of yours, and uh, I have donated my fair share of things to Goodwill as well, and it's just always really a wonderful experience. So, I love the work that you're doing. I love I love the focus on on careers and training and, and upward mobility. So, let's let's just talk a little bit more about that. I know that's a focus you talked about it. What is Goodwill working on this year to achieve the goal, those goals and, and to help upskill people? Well, this is potentially our most challenging year mm. because typically we have far more what we call participants, the people who come through our doors, who, who uh, need help finding a job and so forth. We typically have far more participants than we have jobs. Mm. Right now, we have far more jobs available than we have participants. Um, that this, what some are calling the great resignation, some are calling the great reshuffling, mm. all these different things that are, that are happening out there. Um, it has dramatically impacted our business that before when we held a job there uh, and brought in, let's say a few dozen employers and so forth, we would have hundreds, sometimes even thousands of people show up and with their resumes in hand, hoping, hoping to find a job. Now the employers are telling us, can you please find us some employees? We are desperate for talent. And what can you do to help us? Uh, so we're having to retool how we do things. And a lot of what we've done is now shift virtual. That the pandemic caused a lot of people to step back away from in-person types of uh, interactions. And now we have a lot of job training. We have a lot of job connections, the resume review, the interview prep, whole host of different things you can do right over your phone. Mm -hmm. uh, what we have found, though, is that our greatest success is when people still come into our facilities. We have 13 career centers sprinkled throughout North Georgia. And when people come in, go through the entire training program, get all the wraparound services we can offer, their success rate is much higher mm -hmm. than, than other rates. But it is a different dynamic now. So we are reimagining how we go after a potential talent, meaning that we're going to the beauty shops, we're going to the barber shops, we are going to churches. We're doing all those things we need to do to find people to let them know, if you have a willingness to work, we have the job for you. Mm. And th because there's so many people th think that it's not worth working right now because they don't make enough money, they don't have the right skill set, just whatever the reasons. And, and, and what we are able to do overwhelmingly is be able to say, no matter what your circumstance is, we think we can work with you and find you that job on your way to the career mm. of your dreams. Man, I love that. I mean, I, I love, and it's such an interesting problem uh, that you're dealing with, with it being flipped on its head like that. And and so, so you know, this is this TechBridge talks, and TechBridge is all about bringing technology to nonprofits and the role that technology will play in, in upskilling and uplifting people and helping them get out of generational poverty. And so, with that in mind, I've got to ask, what role do you think technology plays in career advancement? Oh my gosh, it is almost mandatory in virtually every job now. Mm. Um, there was a time that you could tell a person who, and I don't like calling anybody low skilled. I, I prefer to use the word low wage because lots mm. of entry level jobs are, are relatively low wage. But for those folks who come with a barrier of not having a college degree, or in some cases, not even a high school diploma, uh, and don't have a lot of training in the past, we could still find them jobs that uh, they could do well in and so forth. But now even the most rudimentary 
uh, types of positions um, require a level of technical expertise. You know, I had a guy the other day, I, was, I had a roof repair, some roof repair being done. And so I called out a company to come up and this guy gets up on my roof and then he breaks out his cell phone. And with his cell phone, he's able to walk the roof and navigate the, the square footage, the types of shingles I need, all these things. And he and I get to talking, he's a high school dropout. And this dude is managing, you know, this was going to be a multi-thousand dollar job on his own. And he's sending information back and forth to uh, his folks in, in his main office. And that's a job that in the past where you just need a hammer and a strong back. And now that's a job that requires a technical expertise that you can train, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that's the thing yeah. we have to try. And TechBridge does a great job of this, of, of removing that fear barrier, this thing of, boy, if it, if it requires me to download an app and then put all this information in there, I don't know how to do that. I'm really nervous about doing it. And we try to overcome that mm-hmm. by, by letting people know, if you could turn on a television and, and work a remote control, you can do a lot of the things that are necessary that'll get you tech savvy to take advantage of many of these career opportunities that are out there. Mm. I mean, I love, you know, I love that you hit on the fear barrier because I, ha- I don't know that I'd really thought about it that way. But, but when, as I think about it and, you know, I'm, I'm the guy in my family where when somebody doesn't have some technology working, like they want me to fix it. <laughs> right. And, and, and almost every time it's, it's a pretty simple fix. They just are kind of afraid to dig into it. They, there's this fear barrier. They just don't know how to even get started. And so what it sounds like you're saying is, look, you, you're helping people to get over that barrier, to recognize that they have an innate ability to use this technology with a little bit of training, a little bit of coaching, a little bit of help. And then they can really do some, some very meaningful and, and, and productive work, right? Yeah, one of the great examples of it was uh, we worked with a couple of the counties who had received dollars from the fit from the federal government uh when when the pandemic was having the opposite effect of what it's happening now where it was you know tons of employers were laying off and so there were lots of people who found themselves out of work but in order to get some of the training because again lots of things weren't in person at that point um they need to go on zoom calls or do team meetings or or, or what have you and that scared the heck out of a ton of people particularly again people who uh, don't have high school diplomas or seniors or, or just just different folks. Uh, and I don't want to uh, you know, uh, stereotype anybody, but you, you'd have different groups of people who are very nervous about that. So one of our more successful programs was working directly with people to get them Zoom training mm. uh, and, and get them training with some of these new technologies so that it would dramatically open their doors in, mm. in terms of the number of places who would hire them. And so once they got the Zoom training, then they could do a lot more of the other things we do virtually. But sometimes it takes a nudge and sometimes it takes even a push to get people in that direction. Mm -hmm. So we actually paid people to come to those classes. The folks who who found themselves unemployed uh, due to uh, COVID, we, we, again, worked with the counties, worked with the feds, and gave them, I think it was like a $100 stipend to do that. And it was amazing how many people who said, no, I could never do it too difficult. Here's a hundred bucks. 30 minutes later, we'll have you trained. That became the impetus that then led them to great new career opportunities. So mm. yes, uh, the technology fear component, I think actually is one of the biggest barriers mm-hmm. that uh, precludes folks from, from again, going after real opportunities. Man, that's so true. That's so true. I, and I love that you brought that out in this conversation. I really appreciate that. Um, so, so talking about training, 
What are some of the prerequisites for someone seeking assistance from career centers and, and what type of demographic of people do you typically end up assisting? You know, it's interesting. I love, I love that question because we, we, we pride ourselves in this. We will meet any individual where they are. And so that person could be, have a third grade degree of literacy or they could be a master degree uh, uh, urban planner. Uh, they, we have a lot of retired military people who who come to us. We have a lot of folks who have uh, not worked in many years. They used to be uh, a worker, but during while the kids were in school or what have you, they took themselves out of the workforce. Then we have people who have tremendous barriers to employer, employment, people who coming coming out of the criminal justice system, people who may have some serious drug and uh, other alcohol dependency uh, type issues. All of that still come through the door. We will work with you. The only thing we don't give, the only, and this is what we say, you have to come through the door having, and that is the willingness and appetite to work. We won't give you that. We're not going to say, please come to work. Uh, everything else, we'll work with you on. We've got partners who can help you in virtually every aspect. We've got homeless people who come to us. Uh, uh, and we're finding our second chance programs for people who have found themselves uh, under the criminal justice system. Many of them we start working with before they even get out of prison or jail or what have you. So three months ahead of time, we start working with them. So on day one, when they walk out, they've got a job. And that's the number one factor, number one factor of all the things that uh, determines if a person is going back into the criminal justice system is do they have a sustainable job? And that's what we try to help them uh, help them do. So the, the, that's a long answer to your question, but the short answer is anybody is welcome. Mm -hmm. You don't have to have any training, anything like that. Come through the door and everything for you is free of charge. Man, I love that. I love that. And, and so, so kind of along that same vein, I know you've worked with TechBridge uh, in the TCP, the Technology Career Program, mm -hmm. and that that program really seeks to upskill uh, individuals in you know technical proficiency training and certifications. Can you talk a little bit about that and, and what the role of upskilling plays in helping you know generations and, and families to get out of poverty? You know, one of our great success stories uh, is the partnership we formed with TechBridge uh, a few years ago. Now, Mayor Andre Dickens and I we're friends, and uh, we had uh, we're when a a uh, social group uh, together. And, and he popped out of my office. I had just started at Goodwill. I'd been on the job maybe a month or two. And, and we said, man, we got to do something together. You know, TechBridge has all these aspirations to help nonprofits like you guys and other businesses. And you all are doing all this workforce development things. And every day we're hearing about all these kids who are struggling with debt. And there are a lot of young people who aren't ready for a four-year college or just can't afford it or a whole host of things. But you know, want to do something more than entry level. And, uh, and so we started throwing the ideas around. And so literally we said, let's come up this technology career program and how do we make that work? And Goodwill was, I think, your very first partner in that. And what's wonderful is seeing, and uh, now Mayor Dickens, what I thought was his best commercial was this young lady named Lyric who said that he had helped change her life because she went through that technology career program. That's the program he and I envisioned, and she was our first graduate. So we were literally in my office throwing ideas around. Um, and six months later, 
she was one of our very first graduates. So we went from let's brainstorm to concept to execution and graduate all within about six months time. And then seeing that young lady saying how she had gone from seven, eight bucks an hour type job to now she's got a real career. Mm. Um, but it, it's just incredible. And so yeah. Yeah. that's what that technology career program does. And now there are literally hundreds, if not thousands of graduates uh, mm. uh, of the program. Mm. And we went from just accepting young people to now people of all uh, walks of mm. life and ages and, and, and so forth. And it really has transformed lives. I mean, it really has. So uh, I'm extremely proud of that program and look forward to it continuing to grow. Yeah, I mean, and, and that really, that's the power of upskilling, right? Is you can take somebody that is doing a, a, a very uh, simple, uh, maybe simple is not the right word, but a straightforward job at, at like a Walmart or something like that. And then you can help them to upskill and then they can go work in an IT department at a large company or they can go and start doing programming or, or, or all kinds of different things, right? And it just gives so many more opportunities. Absolutely. And, and you know, we are big believers in entry-level jobs because for many people, what, you, what you'll find is the employer simply can't afford to pay a person who is low productivity, not quite reliable just yet, and a whole host of things. Where we come in is that we help that person become reliable. Mm -hmm. We help that person navigate their childcare issues, navigate their transportation challenges, and all those things. And when I get the question, what's the most important job you have? And it is the one you have right now. Because whatever job you have right now, that's the one you want to be excellent at. And then it prepares you for that next piece, and then the next step, and then the next step. Mm -hmm. um, because what we're found around the country, in places that have gone to the higher minimum wages. And I'm a big believer in paying people as much as you possibly can, but it has left out significant segments of the society. People mm -hmm. who simply can't produce at a $15 an hour level, many of them have found themselves completely outside of the work world because an employer who could have afforded to help you and get your skills up at eight, nine bucks an hour, it's tougher for them at those, uh, uh, at those higher wage positions. And so what we try to do is get people prepared for every opportunity that's out there, but the most important job, the one you have right now. And that's yeah. the one, and that's what we try to drill nonstop. I love, I love that perspective. You know, it actually reminds me, I saw a clip from, uh, from Mr. Rogers and somebody was interviewing him and said, you know, you've impacted thousands and thousands. How many kids do you think you've impacted? And he said, it doesn't matter how many kids. What matters is the person that's in front of me right now and, and focusing mm -hmm. all my attention on them, right? And so I think to your point, what matters is being in the moment, being at your job, being in, you know, having your head in the game in the job you have right now and owning that and doing an amazing work there. So, man, that's a, that's a really amazing perspective. You know, I come from the transportation industry. I ran transit authority around the country, including here in Atlanta, Marta, um, before joining Goodwill. And so I often tell people that I don't just talk that story about the most important job is the is the job you have right now, but I lived it. So my first job in the transportation industry was as a minimum wage person at the Greater Richmond Transit Company in Richmond, Virginia, and was able to springboard that position to an entire career to what by the time I left transit four or five years ago, I was the highest paid person in the industry. Uh, so it, it really speaks to, again, whatever it is you got in front of you, be the absolute best at it. Mm. And then with that next opportunity, take that same attitude and keep growing from there. Mm. Uh, and, and so 
Yeah, I think my own career is a testimony to that. Yeah, that's inspiring. Well, so Keith, I have one last question for you. Uh, and then, of course, if you want to share any final thoughts, love that too. Uh, so what are some of the goals that you have for Goodwill that you're working toward right now or goals that you have in the next five years? So we want to continue to grow what we're doing. Um, we, As I mentioned, we one of my goals when we first started our uh, strategic plan three years ago was that we would be the number one Goodwill in the country in terms of putting people to work, but we met that in, a, in the second year. The, the, another big part, though, is when I joined, we had the distinction of getting a lot of people employed. And, and again, that's extremely important. But uh, as I've mentioned to people uh, before, um, we, want, we want to get people upwardly mobile as well. So just finding someone a job isn't enough. So that's when we came up with this program, the ABC approach, a job, better job, career. So when I first started, 17% of the jobs that we placed were at uh, what the, what uh, researchers describe as, as sustainable jobs, jobs mm-hmm. that, are, uh, that they can take care of themselves, take care of their families, and so forth. Only 17%. So that meant we were placing a lot of people in very low-wage positions. Mm-hmm. Now we're over 61% of the positions we place people in uh, meet that standard of jobs that people can really uh, help, uh, help themselves. And and we want to continue to grow that. We want to get Mm. that to the point where, again, we are really setting the trend. But then what I'm most uh, uh, excited about is uh, what I view as the most uh, pernicious problem that faces Atlanta. Atlanta right now, uh, to the shock of many people, it is the most difficult city in the country to be born poor and to move into middle class and affluence. Yeah. the most difficult job place in the country. And it's shocking mm-hmm. that in many cities, I'm sorry, in many neighborhoods throughout the city, you have less than a 4% chance if you're born in poverty of ever getting out of poverty in your entire lifetime. Yeah. That's crushing for yeah. a city like this that's doing yeah. so well in so many places. So we want to be part of that solution of moving people from poverty to prosperity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's why we have all these different programs that get people into a job, but on to a great career and so that they can truly take care of themselves, enjoy all the things that life can bring to them. So yeah, so that's our third big goal is to be one of the major groups who help move people from poverty truly to prosperity. I love that. I love that. Such a great vision. Um, I, I love the work that you're doing. I'll continue to be a, a shopper and a donator uh, for sure in the, in the near future. And, and Keith, just you know, thank you for, for coming on the show. Thank you for partnering with TechBridge in so many meaningful ways. And just thank you for your insight today. I really, really enjoyed it. Well, TechBridge has been one of our great partners. As I said a little earlier, this is one of the programs I'm most, most proud of that we were able to develop. Uh, seeing my uh, a good buddy out there now in the mayorship, and I know that was his most effective commercial, that commercial, and seeing our first graduate being a major part of what he uh, uh, what he's doing, and now he's saying workforce development is a big piece of what's going to be his platform. But moving forward, I think this uh, relationship that we have with TechBridge will only grow. And I'll say to all your listeners out there, continue to shop at Goodwill, continue to donate at Goodwill. And if you have, whether it's you, a family member, a colleague, if they need any type of job training, even if they have a job, but if they need anything to enhance their skills, if they've met you know, some barrier at their job and just uh, need a refresher on some things, send them to us. They won't be disappointed. Mm, I love that. I love that. Well, Keith, 
again, thank you so much. Really enjoyed it. Thanks a bunch. Thank you for listening to TechBridge Talks, a podcast about breaking the cycle of generational poverty through the innovative use of technology. This podcast is produced by TechBridge. To find out more about our work and how you can be a part, visit techbridge.org. That's techbridge.org. Also, make sure to follow us on social media. Thanks again for listening and tune in next week for more great content.